And we're live. This is Toxic Shock, episode three. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Erica. And I'm Virginia. And we're here to talk about rom-coms and the female gaze and all things about it. Right. How many rom-coms have you seen, Erica? I feel like a shit ton. A billion. I know. <laughs> Since I was like 11. <laughs> right. What was the first uh, romantic comedy that you remember that stayed in your psyche? Okay, there's two. Uh-huh. And this is when I had like my Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger phase back when I was like 11, 12. I watched Bubble Boy. I guess that's like a rom-com, right? I think so. And then 10 Things I Hate About You. Classic. I know. Those oh are just, gosh. that Heath just Ledger. like, yeah. yeah. Julia Stiles, dude. Dude. <sighs> yeah. I what wanted to her though. She's in, I think she has a family. I think she's like doing uh, her own thing, but yeah. I wanted to be her. I thought she was so cool. She was so, so cool, cool, dude. Yeah. That party scene when she was on the table. Oh, yeah. I want to go to a party and do the same thing. And then I want Heath Ledger to hold my hair back. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, we're here to talk about traditional rom-coms and we're going to venture out and explore more about it. Yeah. uh, Romantic comedies, I think, have been such a staple for, I think, for all females, right? Because we're always kind of, when we always meet like that one, we always refer to that movie too, like that that scene in the movie, like, oh, he like did this, just like this movie, you know? played out in my head you know so I feel like they're kind of important with our our growing up phase like not to be cliche but you're right like most of us you know girls females whoever we grew up idolizing these movies and like trying to apply it to real life which is not which is sad but it's interesting to me to see the difference between the male gaze and the female gaze yeah it is very interesting so what would what would be the female gaze different than the male gaze what movies do you think are more targeted to female and what movies are more targeted to male okay for rom-coms like in that subgenre, i would say the female gaze will be more like never been kissed right and then the male gaze like during that time would be like american pie right you know and like you've seen never been kissed right yeah of course and i feel like with her she's just like this geeky girl that we can all relate to in some way or form right right? she never had a first kiss she's 25 years old we're not worthy yeah exactly and um she goes back to high school and she meet you know you never really expect it It comes like out of a surprise to you that this professor is like interested in her it's like platonic but you know there's something there and it's kind of taboo because she's supposed to be 17 but right and yeah Drew Barrymore too. She's like she's so good in that role. Dude, I loved um I loved like her hair. Her hair was so good there. Yeah, yeah. when she changed it, you know, for high school. Like I love that blonde. That's what I try yeah. to aspire to be, but her little like blonde bob. Yeah. So cute. Yeah, but yeah, I totally I totally see that. Like American Pie for for more for like the males, you know, like the hot chick and like, you know, uh when am I going to hit first base and whatnot? Like there's always like kind of movies with no substance Mm -hmm. for males, Mm -hmm. you know? So it, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, there's probably a bunch of like romantic. No, there's no substance. (laughs) Okay. Let's keep it that way. You know, because you know, the difference American pie, their goal was to get laid by by graduation or whatever prom. Yeah. And then with never been kissed, look how innocent it is. It's like, she just wants her first kiss, but that's not even her agenda. That's not even her goal. You know exactly. Even in Ken Harley Wait, you know how yeah. she, was, she was a bet. Yeah, because she was like the weird chick, or she was like the the antisocial chick. Julia Stiles was, remember? And Ken Harley Wait, no. Ken Harley Wait, yeah, that was no, awesome. no, that one's with Seth Green and no, uh, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, that one. That's yeah. the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's the one I'm re- referring to. Where it's okay, you're 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my brain works a little bit slower, but. Uh, there's just like she's she's like the introvert right and she's like over high school over like the popularity thing Mm -hmm. and she's not really into like high school guys so she becomes a bet for Heath Ledger right and then he begins to fall in love with her right yeah Yeah. well and she like begins to like fall in love with him because she's like oh like he actually cares about me dude and that's that song scene the dance number oh yeah dude that killed me I know that killed me too that's like Frankie Valley like come on like when is a guy gonna do that for me soon (laughs) (laughs) I don't know but like see how different it is for the female gaze it's more like intimate dramatic more like more on a like a personal level while if you think about american pie or like 
but uh, wedding crashers it's all about the physical right so we're more about like female gaze is more about the mental and like the more hearted like wholeheartedness yeah well male gaze is just like okay i want to fuck that bitch all physical what actions are right. being taken yeah very true it's very cold and there's not really so many emotions involved don't get me wrong i love american pie i think it's a great great yeah, little series yeah it's yeah. funny but it's like us grow i feel like that really fucked us up when we were growing up Oh, for sure. I remember when I saw that movie, I was like, maybe I should be the hot chick. Maybe I should, like, try to have some boobs or, you know, I want guys to kind of lust over me in a way. Right. You know? And so I I did kind of absorb that film kind of like, oh, whoa, like, I do want to be, like, some someone's fantasy, you mm-hmm. know? I want, like, a dude to kind of wreck the pie for me, for sure. Wreck the pie for <laughs> Slam that pie. Yeah. You know, so it, it did, that was definitely, like, the male gaze, but it, it, it did, I did take it that way. And I'm pretty sure a bunch of girls did that around that time. Even though it was a comedy and it was all, you know, yeah. shits and giggles, there's always a message behind that, you know? Yeah. So I feel like you can go one of two ways. You can go that route or you can be like me and be like Drew Barrymore never been kissed and be really shy yeah. and not like feel really inadequate. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, I was, well, I was pretty shy too, but I think in back in my head when I saw that film, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I do want to at least sometime or be a hot chick for that one guy that Did I love. Put it? Yeah. <laughs> As the kids say, what's another uh, rom-com or romance film that you're really into? My all-time favorite romantic film is this uh, Sweet November. Okay, yes. Charlie Theron and uh, Keanu yeah. Reeves. Oh my god, yes. It's just like a forbidden love story, you know? And I feel like the forbidden love story is for me a little bit more true. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're kind of like... They hurt more, right? Because it's like, oh, it, it can happen because of something mm-hmm. that's keeping them from, like, not fully engaging together, you know? And that film was like, you know, Charlie Theron was sick, mm-hmm. and he, she didn't want him to see her go through, like, her sickness, so she just wanted to hide and, like, go away from having feelings from him. So I just thought it ended so perfectly. Like, the whole aspect that, like, I'm going to change your life. Yeah. Because, like, he was so, like, shallow, cold, not really in in depth with his feelings. And she's like, you just live with me for I forget how long. Right. A couple months or whatever. Yeah, and the ending was just so perfect. She's like, I'm just, close your eyes. Here's a blindfold. I'm just going to disappear. We're going to just savor what we had. And that's so romantic. Yeah, it is romantic. And he, she changed him. Yeah, like, exactly. His perspective. That's like, totally the yeah. that's totally the female gaze right there. That is a female gaze. Like, oh, yeah. like it's kind of fucked up in a way because we always want to be like the savior, you think? Right. You know, we always yeah. want to like, oh, he changed for me. He's such a good guy. It's like, but do you ever hear guys saying that about women? Like, no. Exactly. The male gaze, it's like, right. oh, she got to be this way. Oh, she's gaining some weight. Like, let's go to the gym. Let's do that. Like, right. it's always like that, though. You never right. see a man like, oh, she changed for me. Right. What? That's not a thing. Yeah, that's very true. I feel like I'm lucky, though, because my husband's very much like, you know, assess me for who I am. And he's never been that kind of person that's like, you need to lose weight. Yeah. You know, so I feel... I. I do think there's still some good men out there. Right. You know, they're not all... Where are they? (laughs) (laughs) They're out there. You know, they're just not, like, all common, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your husband's a sweetheart. Yes. Um, Another good one is, uh, we both agree on this, uh, Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. (laughs) He's amazing. Freaking dead. Yeah. I just like that one song that Adam Sandler sings, like, kill me, please. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the angsty song. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a hundred percent. Yeah. Or, or that one song, um, Rest in Peace, the guy who passed away. Oh, um, Alexis Arquette? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that was classic. That wedding singer, he just knew one song. Yeah. <laughs> he just played it over and you over. You really want to <laughs> hurt me. <laughs> and Steve Buscemi's like, I like her. <laughs> that was so good. And that's like, just like these aspects of these movies showing, showing us like their depiction of love, but we don't really know. Like it's all different for everyone. Right. You think? Yeah, it's definitely all different for everybody. I mean, it it depends also like what stage of love you're in. Like if you're in that honeymoon stage, it's going to be a lot different, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you're, you're kind of like accepted that person for who he is and 
you kind of taken in all those flaws and you're like, okay, well, we're not perfect. A couple or a marriage, you know, therefore it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And that what makes it perfect though. Cause like you guys kind of like explore these things and move together in life with these, with these like things that are not imperfect, but then you communicate and you just make them work in some way. Yeah, I think I think that that's really well put. Yeah, yeah, you just have to be compatible in the right way. Like, right. there's no answer. Yeah. Like, there's all these health self help books out there, but it's right. like you just gotta find your person, which kind of sucks. But that's just how it is, folks. True that. Um, oh, going back to Forbidden Love, I was just thinking about this one movie. Um, it's called Never Let Me Go. Never seen it. Okay, so it's with uh, Andrew Garfield. Keira Knightley and Carrie Mulligan mm-hmm. and basically spoilers sorry guys it's about like these kids growing up in an orphanage and it's kind of mysterious you don't know what's going on and then you find out that they're eventually being harvested for their organs and there's this love triangle that goes on with Andrew Garfield Carrie Mulligan and, and Keira Knightley Keira Knightley like kind of stole uh, Andrew Garfield from Carrie Mulligan and it's like forbidden like oh, she wow. just like pines over him it's really it's really sad and it'll get you depressed for sure and it's just like a really beautiful story you guys should check it out but that's also another like depiction of like a woman trying to be self-sufficient accepting her fate which is unfair but also like finding love in that aspect yeah i gotta see that movie yeah it's pretty good good yeah so it's a red put on my list for sure let's go like what's something that's like a weird like a movie that's not non-traditional like love story kind of like freaky natural born killers dude that one i have not seen oh my god so natural born killers so basically she comes from a very abusive family which is juliet lewis's character mm-hmm. uh abusive family where the the father is not a really good role model he comes in very drunk he like oh. beats the mom up he beats her up and she finds this like sort of bad boy played by woody harrelson and so he promises her like a better life if she goes with her with him to like you know just do crazy shit mm-hmm. and she's been off she's been being a fucked up person that she already is from watching all this chaos and all this violence she's like fuck it you know what what else to come of in my life that i already i already live in this fucked up situation so they kind of go and travel and they just become these crazy bandits but what reunites them is that they're so fucked up the same way yeah that there's like they're so compatible for each other so it's just such a wild ride but their love keeps them together it's, it's kind of it's, it's crazy it's kind of sounds like a bonnie and clyde on ecstasy or something yeah, yeah. exactly yeah it's, just, it's a perfect description for that movie uh another good one that i that i like a lot that i think we both like a lot is true romance Oh my gosh, yes. That's a good one. Patricia Arquette, classic. Dude, Christian Slater. Oh my god, classic. I had like my phase of Christian Slater back in the Christian day. Christian Slater back in the day, dude, he killed it. Yeah. He had a bunch of classics. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Even Interview with a Vampire, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because he replaced River Phoenix. Oh, did he? Yeah. I did not know Sorry, that. Sorry, that's a little, little trivia. Oh, wow. That's a before, good trivia. <laughs> before River Phoenix died, um, he was supposed to be the interviewer. Oh, wow. Were, yeah. And they were friends, and so he's like, I'll just take over. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Damn. But in true... I know. Yeah. But in true romance, which I think is an interesting concept, is that, you know, Christian Slater's this lonely guy, and his friends feel kind of bad for him. I think he works at a a comic shop or something. I forget where he works. Right. And um, he, like, goes out to a movie. He likes, like, I think kung fu films or whatever. Right. And she's there, and she's acting like all ditzy and stuff. And then you later find out after they sleep together, like she was a hired prostitute, right, or whatever. Yeah. And but then she's like, actually, you're really cool. And he's like, you're really cool. I think I love you. And then they go on this adventure. Yeah. Which I think is really sweet, but so unorthodox. It's like it is. Yeah. You know. And they just like fall in love together. Yeah, like they're both other. weirdness. Yeah. Like being both eccentric or whatever. Yeah. But I would, I would feel weird, like, if someone hired a prostitute to sleep with me and then they fell in love with me. I don't know. That's, like, pretty woman, but... Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know, but I feel like, like also, like going back to the male gaze, like, they, they see things differently, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, he was just... From what I got with the film, like, he was just kind of, like, 
you know, trying to see like where things go for the night, right? Right. Okay. Because she she was a prostitute, but then he didn't he didn't know that he was in a fall in love deep for her. Well, he didn't even know she was a prostitute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys were all physical. They're like, okay, whatever exactly. happens. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, but it's a great movie. Um, it's a really sad ending, but great movie. Yeah. I mean, kind of a happy ending. Doesn't he die? No. He just gets shot and then he's he okay. He gets shot. shot. Exactly. Okay. And he has like the eye patch, but they, yeah. they're okay. good. It's been a while. Okay. His dad dies though in the movie. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. Whatever happened to those I kind think. of rom- romance movies though? Like whatever happened? I know. Because honestly, like I feel like a lot of films now are centered or like too focused on like explosions and like mm-hmm. sci-fi, CGI shit, but... Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just bring it back to basics, you know, because love is love isn't that like much of like crazy theatrics, you know. It's just between two people, right? So I imagine it's not expensive to make a film like that, you know. No, but it's like the audience is changing. Sorry for the doggy noises. Sorry, that's Bronson trying to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, yeah, you're totally right. They're inexpensive and. I, I just don't understand. I think it's just right. the mentality of people. They just want such a fast-paced environment. Like, you know, the development of TikTok, it's just like these little videos right. that you can just scroll through and whatever. Yeah. If you're bored, you're just going and going. And did you... That relates to... Um, have you heard that the CEO of Instagram or whatever, one of the developer people, they're like, they're, it's not, no longer a photo-sharing site. It's more of a video-sharing, like kind of comping TikTok. Oh, Wow. I could see that because everybody with their stories now. I mean, I don't even post actual posts, you know? Yeah. Just like into stories because we're so quick. 24 hours are gone, you know? So it's, I think it's that instant gratification shit. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Like it relates back to no one wants to sit there for a two hour movie to see two people fall in love and talk. I do. Well, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Like um, some great films. I don't think Virginia has seen these, but um, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Really great films by Richard Linklater with Ethan Hawke. I would oh, give it a watch. All the hours of the day, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good story. Yeah. Um, it, you really have to have patience with it and just like really be invested. It's very yeah. talky. <laughs> I need to put those on my list for sure. Um, yeah. So what other suggestions do you have? What other movies do we... Uh, another one that we both, I think, enjoy. We've talked about it prior to this episode. Uh, Her. Her. Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting concept. What year was that? I think, uh, I know Spike Jones directed it. Sorry, we're going to look it up real quick. Because it, I know it was a year where social media wasn't as heavy. Like, it was just at the brink. 2013. Right? 2013, yeah. It was just like, I know Instagram was always there, but it wasn't as heavy as it was now. Right. You know? Because they didn't have stories. Yeah, exactly. So now it's, so when I watched that film, I felt like it was kind of preparing us for a, a world of technology. Like yeah. That, you know? Like the impact. Yeah. yeah. Because he fell in love with this voice. Yeah, she's know? not even real. She was she's real. an AI. Right. And I feel like I feel like that's gonna happen eventually. I feel like in the next like Ugh. thirty years or so, that's gonna happen. People are gonna find a way. They're gonna be lonely, and they're gonna develop this AI. I don't know if they have already. And it's like you just need someone to talk to. But you know what's funny though? Like I feel this pandemic. If this pandemic has taught us anything, which a lot of people haven't learned from from it at all, but. If it's taught us anything, I feel like it has taught us that humanity is not meant to be by themselves. Mm-hmm. We're social creatures, right? So we're, we always crave like even being with people, even like being around people. Because I remember like the first time like COVID happened and I went to like grocery store, even though like in my head, pre-COVID when everything was crazy and full in my head, I was like, fuck people. Why is everybody here? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? But- I still feel that way. <laughs> right. But see, like when COVID happened and I went to the grocery store and, and like, it was fucking like dead silence and it was just like onesie, twosie people here. I thought like, why the fuck is this so creepy? Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. Right. You know, which goes to show that no matter how much we crave our our space and our loneliness, like we're always going to crave that that social interaction because that's just who we are. Like we come from tribes, you know, yeah. like, tribes and and like being part of like a group. Yeah. You know, that's just who we are. Exactly. I don't know where I was going with this, but it's fine. It was okay. it was good. <laughs> oh, her. Her, right. Yeah. So that Joaquin Phoenix's character, 
he fell in love with his voice because he really did crave that social that socialness right mm-hmm. so because he's such an isolated man he was yeah. going through a divorce dude you know what scene in that movie was brutal to me when he goes on that date with olivia wilde okay and i forget the whole conversation that we're having at dinner but okay. she like calls him a creep and like oh, you're right. weird like she was just like you're so creepy and he's like what i'm not creepy like you you know he's like a nice guy but i i can see how he can come across creepy I just thought that was so sad, like so brutal in my opinion. Yeah, because she was from a different world. Like she she didn't see the world like he did. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was that was sad. Yeah, and like I felt like him and Amy Adams's character, they just really understood each other really well. Right. It's like, you know, don't take life too seriously, but like care about the little things that really matter. Like right. when you know, like those human interactions or like right. those like little interactions. Yeah. And not care about like your social presence, oh, which definitely. I feel like Olivia Wilde kind of represented, right? Oh like yeah, that, that, social... that was her character. Yeah. That was her archetype, as they say. Like she's like that extroverted pretty girl, you know, right. like cares about what other people think of her. You can kind of get that vibe in that little Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like too full of herself. Like she doesn't take time to think about like the process of a lonely person right exactly she she doesn't really empathize with him right and i feel like her is our future dude we're already there in a way that's true that's true yeah Yeah. i mean look at all these people dating on apps i know know? apps are horrible yeah i mean there's nothing like just communication and talking to somebody and just being a goofball and just making a fucking asshole of yourself right you know and just like having that person even though that person sees like oh this person's stupid but there's something about that person right you know what I mean like there's mm-hmm. nothing like that you know what I've been on the apps on and off for a couple years and I feel like that's right you are the young one here <laughs> hey <laughs> sorry I'm not happily married okay he's 27 <laughs> um lucky Virginia's already happily married for a while but anyways, uh, my experience on these dating apps is that it never goes anywhere. You think people are, like, on Hinge, like, the app that you're supposed to delete or whatever their slogan is. And I feel like no one's really serious or, like, they don't know. They're just lost. And I feel like I think dating apps are not the way to go. Like, I've had my good share of experiences, and I feel like you need to meet someone organic in the, in the wild, you know? Definitely. There's nothing like having that, like, having that weird first talk you know like that yeah. awkward even that awkward silence you know that, right. that's just like it's just minimal but it, it it means a lot in that moment so yeah I've never been a fan of apps I don't know how people do it these days well you're lucky you missed you missed that whole scene I mean yeah I did thank god dude I used to write my husband and I used to write letters to each other like actually mail them out or yeah, what? Like mail them out. Oh, yeah. It's That's not like we're from the 1900s, but like <laughs> we used to wait for a pigeon to come by and pick it up. No, I'm he's like, dear Virginia, <laughs> Virginia, <laughs> my dearest Virginia. I know. Um, but yeah, like I, I just I don't. We used to write letters to each other, and you know, that was effort in itself. You know, grabbing mm-hmm. the fucking paper and putting ink on a paper. You know, yeah. your own writing. You know, and. That to me was like, oh gosh, I think he does love me or he does have feelings for me because, you know, guys don't really do this. And then nowadays it's like... That's like non-existent. Yeah. That was already rare in itself when you guys were dating, like what, you guys went like 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. That's already rare in itself 15 years ago. Oh yeah. Now that's nearly impossible. Dude. And like looking back on these movies, like coming back to it, we look at all these films of like love and romance and rom-coms. And if you think of it, back in the 90s, that's when the prime was. Like, Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. You've Got Male. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then, like, Sleepless in Seattle. Like, all those kind of movies. Right. Those are, like, pinnacle aspects of, like, womanhood's childhood. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, um, yeah, and people took them seriously. And now it's just we need instant gratification. It's like, what are you going to offer me now? And exactly. it's like, what's what happened to the slow burn? Like, what happened to yeah, actually getting to know someone? I know. I know I'm going on a rant here, but like... No, no, you're totally right, dude. If I were, like, your age at this point, I think I'd probably be a lesbian. Tell you the truth. Really? <laughs> <laughs> or some shit, or, like, monogamous or some shit, because I don't think I'd be, like, trying to meet the one. Because I'm like, where do you even find the one like i would i would probably be lost so i i'm i'm right there with hats you hats off to you yeah <laughs> it's hard out here yeah as the cliched saying goes everyone's either gay or married oh here in la yeah for sure, for sure. yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
So what else do you have on your list? Um, let's see. We were making this earlier, just trying to figure out. Um, another good one, Shakespeare in Love. Let's talk about that one. Shakespeare in Love is a good one. I like those um, historical fiction yeah. movies. Those are my favorite, like... That one in Pride and Prejudice and stuff like that. Because, again, like, that love was, like, deep as fuck. Like, you know, I'll write you a letter, you know. I'll I'll tell you how I feel with my fucking ink on paper, you know. But you know what's funny, though? With Shakespeare and Love, like, you know, they have a few encounters, Gwyneth Paltrow and Joseph Fiennes. But it's, like, it's, like, it's, like... It's like a reverse, but also the same thing as now. Like they were, they wanted instant gratification, but they stayed in for the long run for like the slow burn. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And then nowadays, like when you talk to someone on an app, it's like the slow burn until you meet, and then they want that instant gratification, gratification. Right. to know right away if you like this person. It's like, but weren't we just talking? Right. But while back then, it's like I just know. It's like right. I know I'm gonna stick this out. Right. I could totally be wrong in my perception of this, but... No, yeah, because, like, it seems like back in the day, it's like, oh, well, she is, you know, she's a female, so let me give her time to for her to get to know me, and let's get to know each other, you mm-hmm. know? And also, it feels like back in the day, like, families were involved, too. Right. You know, because they, they were, like, either from, like, uh, some type of hair, like Harris, you oh, know, yeah, like yeah. the Duchess, and all mm-hmm. that shit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was even more deeper, probably a little bit more pressure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because um, essentially marriage was constructed as like a business transaction. Right. It's like, what can my family give to your family, vice versa? Um, And then it turned into this notion of romance. Right. But now like marriage right now is like being questioned too. It's like, so do you feel like you had a business transaction with your husband? No. (laughs) There you go. No, dude. (laughs) Never. I don't think so. I wouldn't be with him for 15 years if it was a business transaction. It'd be weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, so crazy to me how times change. And, like... Yeah, I know. It's like, where are we going next? Yeah, what's what's new? I know. Um, There's this great show on Amazon Prime called Modern Love. If you guys have seen it, it has, like, Tina Fey, Anne Hathaway. And it tells, like, little stories each episode of, like, personal... People's personal battles of, like... A dead end marriage or like trying to like date and like trying to find love and like battling mental illness i feel like that's a really great series of where we're at now and oh, I f- wow i've never seen it and i feel like the mental illness part brings in a great like is very relevant because it, so many people are open about it now right you know it's not as taboo right um so anne hathaway's character she has bipolar disorder i didn't know much about the what is it it's not a disease but like I don't I didn't know much of the symptoms right and the symptoms were like you're on a huge high for a little while right you're like I'm on it I'm like here early I'm like taking notes like mm-hmm. I'm just you're just on it right. well then after that's over that period of time you're complete the opposite like I just want to be in bed like Anne Hathaway's character she loses a lot of jobs even though she's great at her job she loses a lot of jobs because she can't even get out of bed she can't even wow. like so it's kind of like come down in a way mm-hmm. she oh, can't wow. even like bathe herself she can't do anything she has to like be in like her little habitat for such a long time and so her trying to navigate i think she's like in nyc or something Mm -hmm. i think so in the show and trying to find love that way it's just like it really touched me it's like okay you know because we all suffer from something like i have like depression anxiety um so yeah i think that's where we're at right now just battling our own neuroses (laughs) yeah i think so i feel like we're just so full of ourselves now. Oh, for sure. I mean, everybody's a walking narcissist. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Going back to Instagram, like everybody's like your own page, like, dude, like, yeah. Look what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like our toxic shock. Hey, I just think it's so interesting to me. Like, I need to read yeah. some more psychology books about, you know, this. right? Yeah, that should be interesting to dive into. Like, what the fuck? What makes us tick that way? Interesting. And going back to it, what do you think we've learned from these, like, romance, rom-coms, these films? You know, from the traditional traditional romance stories, I don't really learn much. I just know that I'm into, I'm in for it for the fantasy of it, because mm-hmm. I know that's not totally real. But, like, movies like A Marriage Story. Oh, yeah. Like, movies like that, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a relationship between a producer and an actress, right? Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like it was a window to... Like, I was peeking into a window and watching 
a real life story of like how the dynamic between an actress and a producer would be. Yeah. Because like, how do you turn off work when you come home? You know. Right. Especially when you want your wife to be like this, you know, the best she can be. But then. It's like you're like how you were saying. How do you turn it off to like you know work at home? And yeah. I think in that movie for him, what was shown to us is like he wants to direct his wife. Right. You know, he yeah. like stole that mindset, like as a producer director, like, oh, she needs to be acting this way, even though he loves her. Right. It's like, no, you're doing it wrong. You got to do it this way. And oh, yeah. she's like, who am I? I'm just his shadow. I'm just his puppet. Right. And I think that's that was a beautiful aspect of the story. Like she's, they're trying to figure it out. There was this one particular scene where they were both fighting and Adam Driver's character, he says, you shouldn't be mad because I, I, I talk to her you should be mad no you shouldn't be mad because I fucked her you should be mad because I actually had I actually laughed with her like I actually had like conversation with her to me I was like dude that really touched me because I was like that's so true Mm -hmm. because that's deeper like a conversation Mm -hmm. uh, you know a fuck is just a fuck right yeah but a conversation or a connection an emotional connection is like deeper because that's like what they wanted that's what she wanted from him like that emotional connection so I was like damn that really hurt that that scene was brutal yeah it was brutal you know it was a funny scene though in that movie Bronson's acting Bronson uh, the scene where he's trying to relate to his son and he has like his little apartment right and he does like the fake little cut knife scene on his arm and he actually oh. cuts himself <laughs> oh shit yeah that and then he's like laying on the floor he's like fuck That's dude that, that killed me that was yeah. good it's just how it ended though I, was, I kind of wanted more right although I knew I knew what was the premise how it ended because they she was she, she lived knowing that the divorce was final no yeah, like that, yeah. they eventually got divorced and it was finalized. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you if you knew this, but um, the guy who directed it, I'm trying to look up his name right now, uh, is Greta Gerwig's husband. Greta Gerwig oh, really? did Little Women. She did, um, yeah, Noah Bachman. Oh, wow. I haven't really heard of his name. Yeah, he did um, The Squid and the Whale, Francis Ha. Oh, he was a writer on Francis Ha. There you go. And I just thought that's so interesting that they're... Well, I don't... Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, and they have, like, a kid together. It's funny. I think they're both up for an Oscar nomination at the same time. Oh. That's funny. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> for, like, uh, Little Woman. Yeah. That was a good movie. Um, but that should answer your question when you asked me about, like, uh, what was what you asked me again? Uh, what did we learn from this? Yeah, I feel like I learned more from, like, the, the ones that, those movies that kind of give you more of a, a deep dive into, like, these characters mm-hmm. than the happily ever after, right? Because, right. like, marriage really isn't all, like, you know, uh, rainbows and lollipops, you know? It's, yeah. It, it has its uh, fucking... Uh, speed bumps you know right but then again that's the beauty of it too you know so it's like you're in it for it for everything you know exactly yeah um let's see what else do we have on our list what anything you want to talk about uh what about like movies like what about ghost okay ghost that's the first movie i've seen actually with my parents and the first love story where my parents were like really into it and my family was really into it. Did you watch it in the theaters? No, we watched it. We, I think my, my dad bought the VHS um, and we watched it and we were just like, my mom being like a religious woman, she was like, of course, the demons are coming for the bad people, you know? But I saw it like differently. I, I was like, wow, like that's so cool. Like he came back from the dead, you know, like as a ghost to like, like protect her and like, you know unfinished business yeah it's kind of like the crow too the crow brandon lee yeah where like he comes back from the dead yeah because he wants to get revenge from those people that like fucked with his girl you know yeah it's just a nice love story and i think when you see the poster like the crow you think it's a horror movie but it's actually this beautiful love story that like it's just it's really it's really nice like i, I love i love it not your traditional hidden gem. exactly yeah, yeah. I have to watch that again. I haven't seen The Crow in forever. Brandon Lee, rest yeah. in peace. I he, know. he got killed in that movie. Yeah, because um, if you guys didn't know, the prop guy didn't really check the weapons correctly, and I guess there was a yeah. live round. 
Yeah. Or something like that. What the fuck? Do you think that's real? Do you think that's an actual, like, mystery case? Because who the fuck, as a prop guy, how do you not know those are real and fake? I don't know. But you know what's also funny? Didn't um, Bruce Lee also die on set? Yeah. Like, from an injury? Yeah. That's so weird. That is weird. Father and son die in, like, similar ways. Yeah. But... I think I got so into the crow when I saw it that I went to like behind the scenes, all these extras, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a specific interview with Brandon Lee where he talks about a poem called Shelter in Sky. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's such a tearjerker because he talks about like this poem that says how much he relates to his character and Mm -hmm. he relates to this character of Eric Eric Draven. Mm -hmm. Bronson? Sorry guys fireworks are happening it's not fourth of july anymore it's july 5th so what i was talking about uh it was the crow his character eric draven and brandon lee's last interview how he he talks about like this poem called i think it's called shelter and sky and it's just like this really beautiful poem that he kind of uh, he relates to this character, but it's just like so sad the way he that was his last interview, that was his last movie. Because mm-hmm. as you saw, you know, he had a lot of potential, right? And he came from like you know, Bruce, Bruce Lee with his father, you know, the and, legacy, yeah. yeah. But yeah, rest in peace, Brandon Lee. There's like so many good actors out there, like I right. pre- that had so much potential, like River Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. died like all in their 20s. I know. You know what was a weird death? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who did Capote. The guy I didn't Capote. see. I didn't see it coming. Redheaded, chubby guy. Red. Oh, um, you mean Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes, Philip Seymour Hoffman. When he died, I was like, "What? Like he had a drug problem?" Yeah, I had no idea he was yeah. into heroin. Yeah. Yeah, he died uh, during the making of one of the Hunger Games movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, rest in peace. All that. Amazing everyone, talent. Everyone has their demons. For sure. Um, let's see. What should we backtrack to? What, what was something else that really struck you like, in this genre? Well, I also like Blue is the Warmest Color. Mm-hmm. It was a lesbian movie. And yeah, it was very risque, like the scenes and stuff. But I think the beginning of the movie, I was like, this is very much like for the male gaze because there's right. two young, pretty girls like kind of going at it and they show a lot. Okay, I've never seen it. But really? Go- yeah, they show a lot. And I was like, whoa, like they're pretty young too. And I kind of stuck with the film because I was kind of interested. Like, where is this going really? And towards the end, it really like fucked me up because it was such a heartfelt love story between two lesbians. And I thought that was a little different. You know, I've never seen that before. Yeah. I was like, wow, these these girls really have feelings for each other. Like, wow. But it was also a forbidden type of love. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it because it's a really good film, but it, it was a love that really couldn't be what it needed to be towards the end. So it was a good movie. That movie really like stayed in my psyche. I was like, wow, it started off very like risque, but... There was actually a beautiful story towards the end. Dang, nice. did you yeah. see them like scissoring or what? Yeah, dude, they should really. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, I've never seen. Nice. I watched it with my husband. I kept covering his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. How it should be. Right. Um, going back to kind of unconventional love stories, I really love the film Secretary. Okay. It was like me in the early 2000s with Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader. Right. Uh, you've kind of seen it, right? Like maybe. I've seen it a long time ago. Um, anyways, it's about Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. She's like went through like a attempted suicide and like depression and she's coming back from the hospital and her mom's like, you need to just get out there, you know, get a job. So she finds a job at like a law firm as like an assistant, like, you know, secretary kind of person. Right. Obviously since yeah. the title. <laughs> and, um, you know, James Spader and her start to get kind of close. He's very mysterious. And then he notices, like, cuts on her leg. Like, she, like, you know, self-harms. And he's, like, very firm with her. Like, you're not going to do this anymore. You're going to stop. And so she, like, something struck in her. This is so, like, the female gaze. Like, something like that overwhelming power of, like, confidence. But, like, he's there for her. Struck Uh with her that she's like, okay, I'm going to throw away all my cutting stuff. It's over. She, like, throws it over a bridge. And um, they start to develop this, like, S&M kind of relationship. And it's just 
it, it's a very underrated film in my opinion. It's so good and like you kind of feel like her passion for him oh, and wow. like what she puts herself through and then like that it's a very like softcore quote unquote right. portrayal of like S&M relationships but it's like it's pretty good. Oh wow, I got to see it. Yeah. I got to rewatch it. I feel like I've seen it a long time ago cuz I do remember Jay, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal and I do remember that poster secretary is pretty popular yeah. when it came out. Yeah. And I remember like being attracted to it because of the whole poster was like her and fishnets or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely want to rewatch that. That one's really interesting. Yeah, it's a good movie. You know, it's also a really good movie that's underrated. Not sure if you watched Lobster. Oh, the Lobster, yeah. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah. That was a really different type of love story, right? Oh hell yeah. Yeah, because he wanted. Um, it was the whole point of it was that he wanted to meet somebody like his soulmate. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was starting to meet their soulmates, yeah. right? But then again, they somehow turned into animals, right? If they didn't find us, like, you know, they didn't, didn't marry somebody or find love in a certain time frame, then yeah, they get turned into whatever animal they decide. Yeah, that was a very twisted little, like, story there. Yeah. For, for being, like, a love film, you know? Uh, but it, that was a really good story. Colin Farrell really surprised me because I thought he was more into, like, the action type of dude, but... He, he really struck me as like this guy really trying to find love. You know, I really like that. I'm trying to, there's this one movie, I'm like totally forgetting the title of it, but it was on Netflix for a while. It was like an indie movie. And it's like the sci-fi, it's kind of like, you know, in that weird realm, the sci-fi movie about, you can get this implant, like this little bracelet that tells you, clocks down when you're gonna meet your soulmate. Oh my God, it's like killing me. Is right. that a Black Mirror one? No. no. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out the title right now. Is that the one with Justin Timberlake? No, okay. no, no. That, one, that one's like in time. No, no, no. Okay. no that one's like with... The, totally different. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out right now. Hold on. Give me a second. It's like... Anyways, I'll figure out the title later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this girl, she like really... She's like in her 30s. She's like, no, I'm not going to get the implant. I'm not going to do it. And her sister got it. And for her sister, she's like in her late 20s, early 30s. And it says that she's not going to meet her person till she's like 47. Oh, shit. And her sister's really upset, but she like deals with this. She's like, this is bullshit. But it's, there's a science to it. There's like a chemical science to it that is very accurate that everyone's buying into. Her little brother, like her half brother or whatever, gets it. And it says two days. You're going to meet your soulmate in two days. He's like a high schooler. Uh, So this um, girl, she's like a new student at the school, bumps into her, boom, there it is. Yeah, so it's like a whole controversy of like, is this real, this is not. And like, it's a pretty interesting movie. I got to figure out the title. Um, We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. What about Call Me By Your Name? Okay, that is interesting because it's like based in the 80s and like, you know, the gay scene. (laughs) Yeah, I... I liked the scenery of it because it was in somewhere in Europe. I think it was Italy, right? Yeah, Italy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just so beautiful. Like, the cinematography was great. The actual storyline, though, I didn't really care for it because I don't know if he was actually truly in love with this little guy or he was just lusting for... This little guy? <laughs> Timothy Shelley. You're, you're, you're a man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if he was just lusting over him, right? Because it didn't seem like love to me. It just seemed like he was just attracted to this... To this young boy. Okay, right. sorry, real quick. It, yeah. The movie was called Timer. Came out. In, Timer. Yeah, it came out in 2009. If you want to see it, yeah, it's a good movie. Okay, cool. Going back to your. But yeah, like I, I don't know if there was an it was an actual love story, right? But like I'm the type of person that if who whoever the fuck you are, like if you love somebody, that's cool. You know, like you found love. Mm-hmm. You know, which is very rare in this world now. Right. So it's like if if you guys are totally like look uncompatible for each other like but if you guys love each other that's awesome that's a beautiful thing right but with this movie i kind of didn't i didn't see the love there i didn't see the love either yeah there was a lot of lust right but there it wasn't like a uh this love you know this emotion that just like poured out of the scenes no if to me it was just like it was kind of perverted, to tell you the truth. Yeah, well, yeah. Timothy's character is supposed to be, what, like 16, 17? Right. And then Army Hammer's character is, like, what, almost 30? Right. And it's kind of sick. It is. And he yeah. was, like, a house guest. I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see the love in it either. I know. And when the movie came out, everyone's like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And then that end scene where he's, like, crying at the fireplace because he hears that he's going to get married. Right. Sorry, spoilers, but. 
Yeah, I think I just fell in love with the scenery of it. Like, oh, it's beautiful. Like, I love a love scenery. story in Italy. Yeah. Have you been hearing that people are comparing "Call Me by Your Name" to the new Disney movie, Luca? Really? Yeah. There's like a lot of similarities. Like these two got like best friends guys. They are like traveling through Italy, oh. having like a little. Not a romance, because obviously it's Disney. But. Yeah. The director of Calling By Your Name was, uh, his name's Luca. Oh, yeah? Luca Guadagino or something. Oh, yeah. He's an Italian guy. Dude. Yeah, he also directed Suspiria, the new Suspiria. It's full, interesting. full circle. Full circle. It's a, cons- it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Let me double check. Yeah, it's Luca. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Hmm. Crazy. Um, but also, didn't Timothy's character, like, fuck a girl, too? Like, he had, like, a little girlfriend. Oh, he did, yeah. So I think he was just, like, lost in figuring himself out. He was confused, out. Yeah. yeah. And then I think what it looked like to me, not to get too controversial, but fuck it, it's toxic shock. Mm-hmm. What it looked like to me, this movie, was that this it was this kid who was trying to figure out where he was placed in, in life, right? Mm-hmm. Because at that age, you know, you don't really know, fully know. Maybe you do, but you're kind of, like, still trying to explore, mm-hmm. like, what you're really more attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I think... Army Hammer's character kind of took advantage of that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, let me take advantage of this really young guy right. who doesn't really know where he belongs, but let me try to convince him that this is the way. To me, it seemed that way. Ew, like a huge power trip. Yeah, And exactly. then he's like, okay, ta-ta, I'm going to go marry this girl now. Right, exactly. So to me, like, it was like, oh my gosh, he was totally playing this little boy, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like a perverted kind of love story. Yeah. I never got all the hype like it's a good movie obviously yeah. like you said but yeah i just thought it was kind of like sad and demented in a way yeah i, I saw that too it was pretty sad um let's see what else do you want to talk about what else is out there what else is out there uh let's talk about we can talk about titanic titanic leo dicaprio hell yeah dude. oh my god um i was a big Titan- I was, like, reliving my Titanic phase. You know, I watched when I was little with my dad and us kids growing up, you know? It's, yeah. like, classic. And I remember in high school, I watched it again, and I would be, like, bawling my eyes out. Like, I was just in a, in a big, huge romance rom-com phase in high school. And I remember I was in newspaper, and my background for my little computer was, like, a Titanic poster. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, so cringy. But I was like, I want their love. Like, no one's going to understand. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. But that was a, that was a big that movie That was a great me. love story, though. I mean, she was supposed to marry this guy that was, like, you know, this really rich guy. And mm-hmm. she, to everybody around her that was in this high society they saw like oh rose should marry this guy because that's who she belongs with Uh but she her heart was more humble than that you know it's like oh she had eyes for this like guy sort of looked as a peasant right Mm -hmm. because he wasn't he just got lucky that he got this he got to go on this boat right quote unquote lucky because you know we all know the ending sucked right there was totally room for him though dude there was room no there's (laughs) like there's a whole like reddit page or whatever yeah. like people figured it out like if she just moved a little she bit she just had to move they could have had a nice life together yeah. see and this is why i started crying <laughs> no the one part that really got me tearing up when i was younger is when you know she's coming down when she dies and he's right there holding out her arm his yes. hand and then everyone's there oh i'm just god. like oh. oh my god yeah that was that was a great scene <laughs> that was that was good times <laughs> gotta watch it again i haven't seen it in a while that's a movie i never get tired of though for sure. That and Groundhog's Day. Yeah, what about 500 Days of Summer? No Groundhog's Day? We're not going to talk about it? Oh. <laughs> You're just like... I don't think I've seen Groundhog's Day. Well, Bill Murray? No. I know my husband has. He's a big Bill Murray fan, but... Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good little love story. How he's like such a dick and then he lives his day over and over again and becomes kind of warm at heart. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Classic. Okay. Anyway. 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> um, Zoe Deschanel and... Uh, Jason or Joseph? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph. Uh, I thought that, like, when I first watched it, I felt like I related to it because it's like, oh, my God. Like, you want things to happen with somebody that you're interested in and then, like, you feel like they're leading you on. I've been, like, watching a whole bunch of TikToks and, like, internet stuff and people are like, oh, no, Tom's the worst, like, his character. Yeah. And, like, she was up front with you from the beginning. She wasn't up front, though. Yeah, she was. She said she never, well, I mean, towards him. 
But she never told him she was engaged until he saw. Well, yeah, because they kind of broke up. But they weren't like a fish. Like she wasn't, she never told him like, you know what? I have somebody else in my life. I do have, I did have feelings for you. She never made it clear. She kind of just disappeared. That's, and, that's kind of true, yeah. You know, so with her disappearing and having so much like love involved and it's almost a relationship, not really a relationship, though he kind of made that in his head, right? So, okay, going back. So, yeah. you know that one scene where they go see the graduate and yeah. she's like bawling her eyes off? Do you think she already met that other dude? And she was just crying yeah. or no, or she was wanting that. Like, what do you think? What's there was something, I think when she cried and she saw that there was something else going on there because remember he was trying to understand her and she wouldn't, she didn't want to open up. Right. I think there was something going on mm. for sure that she didn't want to like be vocal with him about. Right. Because she's still somewhat, she cared for him. Right. She didn't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. So I think the way she coped with that was just to disappear. And Which then, is kind of fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. I just be upfront with a guy, like, come on. Well she kinda was, like like I didn't really like her character anyways. I think she was just a little like flirt or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm not about playing with people's feelings, but um she was like, Oh, I don't want a boyfriend, I don't want anything serious, but then her actions said otherwise. Right. You know, she was like, Oh, come with me to IKEA. Come yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, let's go do this. Let's go plant shopping. It's like, uh, okay. I really want to go sit at that bench if it's still there. The one in, I think it's in East LA. Where what? The, you know in the scene where they sit on the yeah, bench? Yeah, I don't think that's East LA. I think it's somewhere in LA. I think that's like... I don't know where, but I want yeah. to go. Right. <laughs> and um, it's just... A, and then that party scene where it's like the reality and expectation. Sorry, guys. My dogs. All right, going back to what I was saying, um, you know that scene where it's the expectation and realities? A reality? Right. I don't know, I just, it's so br- brutal, you know? And that's like, always oh, that little video, like that little film that we play in our minds whenever, you know, we're going through the talking dating scene. It's just like, I felt that. Right, like, yeah, what's real and what's not real? Like, yeah. and then you're, how do you make up these scenarios? Like, yeah. It just makes you fucking depressed comparing. That goes okay. for anything, though. Like, not just dating. Like, oh, oh I want to sure. get this job or, you know, I want to get this house. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you even make up these fake characters in your brain. Like, what? And then, But you know what's funny? It's like when you're finally on the other side, mm-hmm. that's when you realize, like, oh, shit. Like, I was just, you know, overthinking, mm-hmm. you know? Which I think would happen to him, too, when he was on the other side mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie. Right. And he met this other girl. He's like, wait, what the fuck was I doing? You know, building these scenarios in my head. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I relate to him. Yeah. I just like, um, what's her name? Chloe Grace Moretz or whatever. His little sister. Oh, like, yeah. just because you have stuff in common doesn't mean you're soulmates. <laughs> I was like, damn. She was speaking the truth, dude. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, listen to your sister, dude. That was yeah. just funny. I related to that. Um, but yeah, that's really like, what's the conclusion of love? Right. I don't know. Dude, I think, you know, I think love hurts, but sometimes it's a good hurt. Right. Yeah. You just learn. Yeah. And these movies, like, you know, either it be the male gaze, female gaze, you know, these little rom-coms or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I want them to come back. I want some, like, juicy comebacks, you know? Yeah. Like, I want, like, it to be, like, Julia Roberts' days or yeah. Audrey Hepburn days, you know, when she did yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany. Like, I want those back. I know. There's too much Marvel movies out there. I know. Like, too much of that shit. Too much Fast and the Furious. F9. Although, <laughs> yeah, all the Fast and the Furious started off as a love story, right? Paul Walker and that girl. I mean, I guess. Not really. He's just like an undercover yeah. cop. <laughs> I don't know. I know. They just threw a love story in there for all the girls to be like, oh my God, Paul Walker. Have you seen the memes? Like, it's family. Family Yeah. Memes. Yeah, that's just so <laughs> funny to me. But yeah, it's just too much of instant gratification. We need those slow burns. We do. We need a back. Yeah. Back to 90s, man. Definitely. That's what we're about. <laughs> let's take it back. Um, so let's go into some celebrity gossip. I'm trying to do this at the end here. Like... What's what's yeah. something you've heard? Something you realized? So I think what I've heard that I was kind of like shocked was Aaron Taylor Johnson divorcing his wife. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, but that was like a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was like a few weeks, weeks ago. ago. 
Uh, I thought it was shocking because first of all, when he first came, when I first saw his wife, mm-hmm. when I first heard he was married, I was like, oh, she's probably so beautiful because you know he's he's a good-looking dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I saw her, I was like, oh my god, wait, like, am I missing something here? Like, she's like in her fifties. She's you know, gray-haired lady. Yeah. Not, not saying that she's not beautiful, but you know, I, I would never think to pair them together. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard that he was divorcing her, I kind of wanted to know why. And then I kind of went into this rabbit hole where it, there was a story where like she was actually grooming him. Yeah, no, she groomed him for sure. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what the fuck? That's so creepy. And it makes kind of so much sense. Yeah, because, um, you know, he started out young. You know, he did, like, he did little rom-coms, too, like some British film. Right. And she directed this one movie, Nowhere Boy, which he played John Lennon. Right. And I think that's where they met. And he was, like, 17, 18. And they, I think they got married at 19. Oh, well, wow. he did. Um, she was already divorced <laughs> from another marriage and had a kid, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it was, like, a grooming situation. Yeah. And, like... You know, when you're young, you're like, oh, maybe this will get me ahead. But like, oh, maybe I have feelings for this person. Like that kind of complicated right. situation. Yeah. I just hope you find somebody and like, who would you pair him with in Hollywood? Who would I pair? I don't know. Who's single out there? Hold on. Uh, yeah. Wait, you know who I would pair him with? Like random as fuck. But I would probably pair him with Selena Gomez. <gasps> Only, you know be, only because it, it'll be a slap in the face to Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what? I kind of see it. That would be a good little couple. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know if they run in the same circles, but I think that Hopefully would be... Hopefully one day. I mean, they're both celebrities. They should probably both invite some lavish parties. Yeah, they both eventually yeah. find something. So if they do hit it off, you're welcome, guys. We called it first yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what else did I hear recently? So not really much gossip, but like this funny thing that I saw like on Instagram where they had like a bunch of model Polaroids, you know, Polaroids, you know, there's no filters, it's just who you, what you look like, you know, mm-hmm. to get casted for fashion runway shows. Mm-hmm. And there was one of Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner. Okay. Dude, I mean, the surgery these girls went through. I mean, nose jobs, like, probably, like, chin sculpting. I think Bella Hadid did a lot more than Kendall Jenner, though. Kendall? Are you kidding me? Kendall, when I saw her Polaroid, like, her nose was very chubby. Not that she's an ugly girl you, before. Maybe I'm thinking Kylie. I saw a recent, like, picture of Not her. Kylie, that Kylie. Kendall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Her nose is very, like, kind of chubby, and mm-hmm. her cheeks are kind of, like, chubby. And, and beautiful, cute girl still, mm-hmm. but the transfer of like from before and after I was like wow it's so evident yeah and I was just I, I was just kind of like wow like it, it'd be healthy and it'd be cool if they actually put out a message and say you know we did this and this mm-hmm. you know to get here right you know because right off the bat everybody thinks they're like oh natural beauties you know right which is like so fucked up it to is. like portray that but right. everyone has surgeries now right it's I know people have thing. gotten surgeries like BBLs yeah. and stuff right um Oh, sorry. This is like uh, off topic. Do you, have you ever seen Supernatural? The show on the no. CW? You've heard of it, right? I've heard of it. Oh. Anyways, here's some little gossip that most people heard about. Uh-huh. Um, Jensen Ackles was saying, oh, he's being a part of like a prequel, sequel kind of... I think it's a prequel to Supernatural. And his partner on the show that they were in this for like 15 years, uh-huh. um, Jerry Padalecki, had no idea. And so he found out over Twitter. Oh, and shit. he was like, thanks for the heads up. Like, I thought, like, you know, basically saying I thought we were best buds. And like, ooh, that, that's like a burn. Like, I wonder what's going on there. That's oh, really wow. sad. They were in the show sad. together and like there was no communication that there was going to be a prequel. He had no involvement. Like, no one brought it up to him. That's fucked up. That is so fucked up. So is he done with the show then? Like, yeah, the show's over. Yeah. But they want to produce, like, a prequel to the show. Yeah. But it's, like, really sad. I'm like, yeah. dang. That does Because he's one of the main characters, right? Yeah, they're both, like, the yeah. brothers on the show. Dean oh, wow. and Sam. That was something that I saw recently. Left out in the cold by your own fucking crew. And then, oh, the thing with Britney Spears. How she finally came out. Oh, yeah. The Britney Spears saga. The trilogy continues. Did you see that Jamie Lynn, like, gave a statement? And it's like, fuck you, Jamie Lynn Spears. Like, 
there's this whole like thing about Britney like first of all there's there's a, a caption on her Instagram with like two little kids right mm-hmm. like it's like black and white and then her caption says uh, living in the farm or whatever was so much simpler times or and then there's a Jamie Lynn on the comments says like who are these people like when do we ever live in the farm mm-hmm. so it's almost like it's almost like it's Britney like really mentally ill or is she is it this is this conservative shit that's fucking her up like what I don't know like it's like basically what came first the chicken or the egg yeah I don't know but now she's actually asking for help she's actually right. saying that you know what I don't need to be in a conservatorship because I could actually make my own money and like support my kids right and her kids are what now like 15 14 Some, somewhere around there yeah. yeah they're teenagers well and she did that show in Vegas for a while so I'm pretty sure she has money from there and yeah. um and then didn't her dad make her have like a U- IUD like she wants to have right. another baby and she can't cause like right. he has like I guess rights to her fucking uterus that's fucked up I know that's so messed up yeah. and I think she's like engaged right now or like seeing someone right that's sad I, I don't know. know just let her live her life like yeah. the only thing that worries me is that you, you know like the medication mm-hmm. like that could be fucking her up too because she was she actually said that one of her psychiatrists prescribed her lithium, right? Oh, shit, yeah. Lithium is, like, a really heavy, like, drug where you can't even, like, even stand up. Right. So it's like, what, they want her to be a vegetable? They want her just to keep quiet, like, be, like, a dancing monkey, yeah. pretty much? that's fucked up. I know. It's so unfair. Yeah, you know what's sad, too, is, like, her voice. Mm-hmm. You know when, you know that Michael Jackson voice, when they just kind of, like, stay in a certain era in their lives? Mm-hmm. Like, that's her, that's what's going on with her, too. Like, she just stayed in, like, one era of her life where, like, her voice is, like, this little girl's voice. Oh, yeah, the baby girl voice. Yeah. <gasps> I saw, sorry, TikTok is ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but someone mentioned that how she, in her early career, I think she was, like, maybe seven or so, she was, like, on a TV program. Right. And her voice was so deep and full when she was singing, and then it turned into baby voice because that's, like, a fetish. You know, that's, like, Ooh, the yeah. male gaze fetish. I've heard of that. And I guess it just, like, it's just stuck. Like, yeah, she's frozen yeah. in time. She's, like, traumatized about all right. this. Yeah. She should be free, but I, I just hope that she she does prove to the world, like, look, I am strong, mm-hmm. and I could do this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm on her side, and I hope she I hope she lives a normal life. I mean, she deserves it. And right. we all do. So. And then what were we talking about? We were talking about earlier Joe Rogan and... Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's such a great podcast. I think I, I would like to have a podcast about that podcast, just the things that he's said. Oh, yeah. You know, like take. Notes. Oh yeah, we were talking about yeah, this, yeah, and elaborate on them because there's so much good stuff there. It's an it's a podcast about almost three hours. It's like two hours and fifty three minutes, mm-hmm. but it goes by so fast because there's so much good stuff in there, like so much good content, and like the way he just his brain works, and he's a really unique individual when it comes to like filmmaking, because mm-hmm. you don't really see those storytellers anymore. You know, like he makes his own characters. He he actually explained the way he writes these characters, how they take up, like once he starts writing them, they take up their their own char- their own life. You know, so it, it make he makes it seem like it's not really me. Right. It's these characters that I write that kind of take over the storyline. Right. You know, I'm like that's fucking neat. Like you don't really hear that from directors saying that. You know what? All the interviews I've ever seen of Quentin Tarantino are like the meme ones of him being super mean. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. he just seems like terrifying to me. But like, yeah, I would like to crack open that. Yeah, I just think he's very book. passionate about yeah. what he does, mm-hmm. and I think passionate people are very they just guard their creativity you know Mm -hmm. like oh this is who i am and you know if you like it amazing but if you don't fuck you you know and i think that's fucking that's amazing that's so cool yeah to be like i respect that yeah so do i it's just like you gotta you gotta defend your work you know right and so it's like if people keep on saying repeating the same thing over and over i get that it's tiresome it's like okay let's get over this right no i get that but that's a great podcast i mean for anyone who loves film in general not just basically a quentin tarantino fan but if you just love film and storytelling and you just want to like dive into really good content check out that joe rogan's uh podcast with quentin it's really really good Dude, um, your favorite celebrity is out. Your favorite actor is out of jail already. My favorite actor is out of jail? Who? Bill Cosby. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Oh my god, dude. Ew. He only got two years in jail for drugging all those chicks and having sex with them. Can you dude, believe that? Dude, that's disgusting. No, the, he should die in prison. Yeah. 100%. I don't understand why they set him free. Is right. it because he's old? Who cares? Let him die in prison. Exactly. We need justice for these women. Like, that's so fucked up. I was, like, kind of really angry when I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck? Did you see what he, what the video when he got released, what he said? No. He's fucking stupid. He fucking did this, like, um, this stupid... Oh, he's really old. He probably has dementia. But he did... You know that one character... Um, I think it was Fat Albert. Okay. Hold on. Let me see if I can play it. Nearly three years after the iconic comedian was sent to prison, Bill Cosby is now back home, a free man. His conviction thrown out. We love you, Mr. Cosby! The 83-year-old looking frail. Who loves him? Speaking out for the first time in a radio interview. Oh my! Are you kidding me? Aggravated indecent assault against Andrea Constant, a former Temple University employee. Oh my! You're God. telling me that Britney Spears cannot be free from her conservatorship, but this fucking guy's free? Exactly. What the fuck? Ew! And there was so much evidence against him for years, yeah. spanning since like the '70s. Exactly. Ew! That's disgusting. I know. See, this is why we needed the pandemic. Just kidding. <laughs> for real. Come on, Delta, Delta variation. Right? Get him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry for the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to say? I feel like... We covered a lot. We covered a lot. <sighs> Trying to dive deep. If you guys have any suggestions or recommendations, please let us know. Oh, wait. We're going to do that one thing. We recommend a movie oh, to yeah. one another. So Erica's going to recommend me a movie, and I will recommend... A movie to Erica, and then we'll on our next podcast we will touch base on what our thoughts were. Okay, we'll follow up. So, give it. So to wait, is it a movie that's gonna be based on the next episode, or just a random movie? Just a random movie. Okay, you go first. I want to recommend to you Blue is the Warmest Color. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be intense, but okay. Yeah. I'm gonna recommend you um, this movie with River Phoenix. I think I might have mentioned or probably mentioned it eventually. Uh, Dogfight. Dogfight. Okay. Yeah, we talked about it. I might have not mentioned it here, but... I'll watch it. Dogfight. I think it's on HBO Max. Got it. Okay, okay now I've got to write this in my notes. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We're still new. We're still trying to yes. figure it out. It's only episode three, so bear with us. And this is Toxic Shock. Thanks so much for listening. Stay crispy, guys. Stay crispy. <laughs> Bye. Bye.